look, it's a microphone. Guess it's time to ramble again. Hey folks, this is Jim. Time for part three of my nervous breakdown about continuity and canon. Once more, the question is, does canon matter? And here I will be discussing the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Why will I not talk about Marvel Comics in general? Well, we will talk about that a little bit, but the thing is, I know quite a few folks who are so incredibly versed in comic books that they could pretty much eat me for breakfast when it comes to this kind of thing. And I think canon is much more interesting to talk about when you've got a lot of different competing media going on. And the MCU in particular is kind of an odd duck. Now, you've got quite a lot of different things going on. I am a fan of the comic books, but I'm not nearly as knowledgeable as a lot of folks about them. I bought comics primarily in the 90s and for a while in the mid-aughts but not so much anymore. So there are plenty of things I like in the comics, but the movies have been, shall we say, much more present in everyday culture, I think, and have certainly grabbed more of my attention of late. So that's primarily what I'm looking at here. Now, it's pretty simple to look at the various media and realize that the comic books, the movies, and the various animated series that are going on and animated one-shots and what have you are all in separate continuities. That's fine. They do have a kind of a multiversal thing going on in the background where they, I think, also assign different universes to those different media, but I'm not really going to get into that. The thing with Marvel movies in particular is that it can be very compartmentalized. You do, to a certain extent, have people sort of making their own personal canon because they will have seen different movies. There are so many of them out there that you don't necessarily expect people to have seen all of them. But if you're talking about folks who are into superheroes quite a bit, then it's entirely possible that they have. I think one major hurdle you try to clear pretty early on when talking about this sort of thing is the difference between the continuities of Disney, which owns Marvel, the Sony Marvel movies, and the Fox Marvel movies movies. And there can easily be a bit of a muddle because all of the characters in all of those movies come from the same comic book universe. But before being acquired by Disney, Marvel sold off movie rights to a bunch of different characters because it was the only way they were ever going to get up out of the hole they were in at the time. And the success of the X-Men movies at Fox and the Spider-Man movies at Sony is what got them to the point that they were able to put together their own studio and make Iron Man and The Incredible. Hulk. And I believe it's right after that that Disney acquired them. And then, of course, they had a lot more backing for these movies and were able to support this crazy idea they had about putting them all in the same continuity. But the X-Men and the Fantastic Four and, until quite recently, Spider-Man were still outside of that continuity. There were various other deals that were going on, and I believe there's still sort of a thing with Universal where they can't make solo Hulk movies without their involvement. But after Disney got a hold of Marvel and bankrolled all these movies they were wanting to make, the superhero properties in the Marvel films were in competition with the superhero properties at Sony and Fox. And if you want to believe the rumors, which I really see no reason not to believe, sadly, Marvel Comics has pretty much discontinued the books that have those characters in them, if I understand what's been going on correctly. Because, you know, why give your competition free advertising? And it's kind of sad, because I remember the days when projects like Super superhero movies, as rare as they were, were things that were meant to help support the comic books. And now it's the other way around. But, you know, society shifted, so there we are. We live in a different world now. It is ever-changing. 
Now, of course, deals were made where Marvel could use the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, at least for that one movie, although they haven't actually called them Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch, which is interesting, at least not in the dialogue of anything released, but we know who they are. I kind of feel as though we don't see Quicksilver in the Marvel movies anymore because Fox decided they want to make more use of him, and they've actually made pretty good use of him, I think, but that's another thing. And of course, most recently, Marvel made that deal with Sony, which they were able to do because of the hack, and Sony Japan made Sony America go back to the bargaining table after they realized everything that had been going on, so they can now use Spider-Man, which is kind of awesome because now they can use him in the greater MCU continuity. But even just keeping to the MCU, it can get weird and tricky, and the thing is that these movies are really popular, and you don't really know which ones somebody has seen when you go to talk to them. So whether the canon matters for this or not is really kinda tricky. People are more likely to have seen the more recent movies, just because that's how media tends to work in general. And you've got some movies that are more popular than others, but at the same time, there are so many of them now that you kind of have to already start the conversation and get into it to figure out what someone else has seen. By and large, I recommend not worrying about it too much. Just talk about it, and whoever you're talking to will probably let you know pretty quickly if they did or didn't like whichever movie it is that you've stumbled into and are talking about, and if they've seen it or not. The first Iron Man movie and The Incredible Hulk were made before the deal with Disney went through. Those were the first two. I believe they had lower production quality, and people don't make as big a deal of them these days, so folks might not have seen them. Then you've got the question of all those DVD extras, those mini-movies, what do they call those? Marvel one-shots. As the MCU goes, those are fairly obscure. Do they count as part of the continuity? I think perhaps now is the time for me to go ahead and give a verbal spoiler warning. If there are things in the MCU that you have not seen that you wish to see and are concerned that I might spoil them, stop listening now. And come back when you've seen whatever the thing is you haven't seen yet. So, anyway. Are they gone? Can I talk about it now? Okay. The canonicity of these Marvel one-shots is not entirely certain, I think. So I wouldn't try to use them as trump cards or anything. But some people say, yes, they are absolutely canon. In other cases, I don't know. The proof-of-concept Marvel one-shot they put together for the Agent Carter TV show was something that was, I believe, a DVD extra, and put the premise of the TV show they wanted to do into that one short film. But the things in that film contradict and overlap the things that happen in the TV series, so... I believe they said that the TV series superseded that particular one shot in the continuity. So, given that it took me even that long to explain that, you can understand how it's going to get a little bit twisty here. I believe most of the Marvel one shots that came out were centered around S.H.I.E.L.D. and came out prior to the first Avengers movie. And kind of played around a little bit, introducing, I think, at least one character that you then got to see in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then also in the movies. And then there's the one shot about the Mandarin, which is kind of interesting. It's on the second Thor movie DVD, Thor The Dark World, if I recall correctly. A lot of hardcore fans of the comic books didn't like what was done with the Mandarin in Iron Man 3. I actually thought it was kind of cool because they were totally setting us up to think 
It was this ancient magical force handed down through these ten rings to a warlord calling himself the Mandarin. So when they revealed, in Iron Man 3 at least, who Ben Kingsley's character actually was, it came as a surprise. It came totally out of left field. And I kind of like it when I can't guess what a movie's going to do. If they do something unexpected that still nevertheless works with the plot, I think that's kind of cool. A lot of people, I'm sure, disagree with me about that, because they are fans of the Mandarin and cannot stand to see him used in that way. And to them I say, check out that Marvel one-shot called All Hail the King on the Thor The Dark World DVD. Because, you know, I can understand people's disappointment at thinking that perhaps the exploration of a character like the Mandarin the way he is in the comic books would no longer be possible in the MCU. But, as it turns out, if we count that Marvel one-shot as canon, Ben Kingsley's character in Iron Man 3 was just using the name and identity of the real Mandarin, who is implied to be much older and much more powerful. So they've reopened that door, and I'm thinking maybe they'll have a chance to explore it a little further down the road sometime after the mystical side of things is introduced with Doctor Strange in a little bit. But that said, I'll admit I still liked the fake-out in Iron Man 3. I'll also tangent briefly to mention something that has absolutely nothing to do with what I'm talking about. You know that Battlestar Galactica series that came out just a little while ago? Not the original, but the newer one, where early on Edward James almost convinces everyone to stay with him and not lose hope by talking about legends of the Earth and that it's out there somewhere, and they should carry on at the very least to try to find it. And as I recall, they reveal that even he doesn't necessarily believe what he's saying per se, but he's saying it so that the people won't lose hope. And when I saw that, I thought to myself, you know what would be really cool is if in that universe, the Earth doesn't actually exist. It's all just a legend. There is no Earth. That would totally put the ideals and beliefs they talk about in a completely different perspective, and it would be a brilliant way, if they don't reveal it for a while, to get the audience on these people's side, so that they really feel for the struggle they're going through, and believe what they believe, because surely the Earth is out there somewhere. I mean, I'm living on it. It's where I keep my stuff. And then eventually pull the rug out from under them and reveal there is no Earth! <laughs> that would have been a cool reveal. But anyway, enough of that digression. And back to the MCU. I started mentioning some of the TV shows, so let's talk about that a little bit. You've got the continuity of the movies versus the continuity of the TV shows as well. I think it's more likely people have seen the movies than the TV shows, but the TV shows have a lot of fans. And you don't really see a lot of interaction between the movies and the TV shows, not directly. They're meant to be in the same universe, but the question comes up, are they? And it kind of could go either way, because the movies and the TV shows are being managed by two different people, there are rumors that there's something of a rivalry between those individuals, and that they might not want to work as well with each other, and I have no idea if any of that's true, but I will cite some things that I've heard a few people say, or read quotes from more specifically. I think at one point not long after Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. started, Joss Whedon, in a rather interesting attempt, I think, to justify bringing Agent Coulson back, said that the TV show is kind of in its own universe. It's in its own little pocket. So in a way, the Coulson in the movies is still deceased. And I kind of get this feeling he was sort of having a bit of a quandary over issues of artistic integrity. Because when he kills someone, he wants them to stay dead. He wants it to mean something, darn it. 
Personally, I think the way they brought Coulson back in the TV show was fine. There was a cost. That was the important thing. His death was not meaningless, and coming back to life was extraordinarily painful. There was a cost, and as of the most recent season, he's still feeling it. Not in the same way as before, but it's there, believe me. But nevertheless, that still kind of raises the question, are the movies and the TV shows in a different continuity from each other? Some folks at Disney are saying, no, it's all the same. Some actors are saying, yes, it would be really cool if they could be the same. It's a little odd. And now something that Kevin Feige and also I think the guy's name is Jeff Loeb and some other folks have said, crossing characters over between the movies and the TV shows is a little tricky. And in the case of putting characters from the TV shows into the movies, it's very difficult because of the way that the production schedules work. So logistically, there's a problem. Canonically, they might be in the same universe, but you're going to be very hard-pressed to have any of the characters on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show up again in the movies if they're regulars on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because the movies start planning a couple of years before they come out, and so I imagine only last-minute writing is going to get the characters in there in any way resembling the way they are in the series at about the time the movie comes out. With Agent Carter, I think it's a little bit easier because that series was taking place in the past, so they could show her at different points in Captain America and Ant-Man and what have you. I wonder if with the Netflix series, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, what have you, it might be a little easier because they're not trying to produce 22 hour-long episodes. Well, hour-long with commercials, anyway. It's a more concentrated schedule, so maybe there might be a tiny more leeway there? I don't know if that's actually the case. That's me speculating. I do know that Vincent D'Onofrio has said he'd be happy to appear as Kingpin in one of the Spider-Man movies coming up here, but I kind of get the feeling that it would probably be just like a cameo or something written in at the last minute if they ever managed to do it, because otherwise they'd pretty much have to take him out of play in the TV shows from the point they start writing that movie onward until he finally appears, so that the writers would know where he is and what's going on with his character at that point. It seems like it might be a little tricky, but it's not impossible. I think it's something that could be pulled off. Now, what's easier is to have characters from the movies show up in the TV shows. We haven't seen a lot of that. It's happened a little bit. Again, pretty much mostly with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You've had Nick Fury show up a few times, and you've had Sif from the Thor movies show up a few times, so that's doable. Mostly, again, because TV shows are done much more quickly, and it's easier to work things in. I think primarily what you've seen with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in their interactions with the Marvel movies as they come out are them quickly working around whatever it is that's coming out so that they can incorporate it into the plot. I think you saw that more in the first couple of seasons than in season three, but we shall see. It actually makes me wonder if they're going to take the character of Quake out of the equation for a little while. It doesn't sound like that's going to happen, but I know sooner or later they were wanting to do that Inhumans movie, and there was also the possibility that she was going to be showing up in the Infinity War movie, at least if people's deep nerdy analyses of the vision Tony Stark has at the beginning of Age of Ultron are the least bit accurate. But such things as a vague silhouette of someone who might possibly be wearing armbands are left vague for a reason. So they don't have to figure out now if they're going to do something. They can figure it out later. So about these TV shows, 
Are they even in continuity with each other? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter were on the same network, so they were able to do a little bit of interchange with each other, but not a huge amount of interchange because, of course, again, they were taking place in different eras. The Netflix shows are very much in the same continuity and reference each other all the time, or at least they have so far, in the interactions we've seen between the shows Daredevil and Jessica Jones, and I'm pretty sure that's going to continue with Luke Cage and Iron Fist and The Defenders. I've really enjoyed what I've seen so far of the Netflix stuff. The right seems particularly tight on it, and they get very deep into the character stories. It's very gritty, it's very cool, I like it a lot. The Netflix shows are probably my favorites of the TV offerings in the MCU. But anyway, we haven't really seen much of a connection at all between the Netflix shows and the shows on ABC, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter. The only connection of which I am aware is that the Absorbing Man is a recurring character on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and he is supposed to be the same guy that Daredevil, Matt Murdock's father, was supposed to throw a fight to a number of years ago and did not, which is why Matt ended up without a father. I have no idea if the absorbing man, Creel, as portrayed by that actor on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., is ever going to show up in an episode of Daredevil for them to kind of resolve that. I think it's possible, but I think there are probably a number of hoops to jump through because of the mysterious ways of television legality. So I kind of doubt we're going to see it, but it would be cool if it happened, I think. Technically, though, those shows are supposed to be in the same continuity and it's supposed to be the same character. But let us get back to the main question, shall we? Does any of this matter? And in this case, I'd say, eh, kind of? The thing about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is it's in everybody's faces. It's everywhere. We are very much aware of it as a society. I guess from a cosmic perspective, it doesn't really matter all that much, per se. It's nothing to go crazy over, unless you happen to be someone writing for this universe, or for various side projects connected with it. I think it matters on the level that it is culturally significant. It is the first time we've really seen movies share a continuity to this extent. We've had shared universes before, but this was a move taking it to the same kind of level, really, that you see in comic books. And I think that's kind of cool. So I think canon is kind of significant in this case. Again, I don't think you should be citing canon to score points or anything like that. So it only matters if you're, I think, chatting with other folks who are also interested in it. Like I said before, it's kind of tricky to suss out which bits of the MCU folks are familiar with because there's so much of it out there. Maybe they've seen the Avengers. Maybe they particularly like Iron Man or they particularly like Captain America, especially recently. Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, ran hot and cold for some folks, but I think was mostly positively received. But it's not as integrated necessarily as everything else. So I think for any given Marvel movie, unless you're talking about one of the most popular ones, like the Avengers or the last couple of Captain America movies, possibly the last couple of Iron Man movies, that's going to vary. You're probably looking at maybe, say, a 50-50 chance that the person you're talking to has seen a particular thing, be it one of the TV shows or one of the movies. I can't imagine everyone rushed out to see Ant-Man, even though they totally should have. But some people didn't like it. It was more of a heist movie. It was also very much like the first Iron Man movie, if you think about it. But that's a different topic. 
topic. I think one of the strengths of the way Marvel is doing this, and also kind of one of the weaknesses, is that you have many independent stories that cross over, but they don't necessarily rely on each other. Not necessarily. There are exceptions. But I think for the most part, you've got several stories going on, and they're all fairly self-contained, with lots of attachments to other things that you can then also watch if you want a greater understanding of the thing going on in a particular story that's connected to that other thing. Now, it's been getting more integrated lately, so I think it's very helpful if you see, say, Civil War, that you've also seen Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, and The Winter Soldier, at least. Also in there, they make references to the first Avengers movie, The Incredible Hulk, Captain America, the first Avenger, and Iron Man 3, among probably a number of other references that I'm not thinking about right now. I think even so, Civil War was its own story. It had a beginning, a middle, and an end. As you know, good movies should, one would think. But I don't think anything necessarily collapses if you take away the other movies, but the experience is, I think, much better and better supported if you have the context of those other movies as well. The TV shows, too, while of course individual episodes are connected to other individual episodes, each season is kind of self-contained. The next season continuing off of the previous one, obviously, but you get a story with a beginning, a middle, and an end, I think. But you don't necessarily have to see the movies for the TV shows to work. They reference them. In the Netflix shows, they're more sort of throwaway lines than anything else, but you do get the sense that they exist in the greater context of those other superheroes being out there. And of course, in the Netflix shows, you have Rosario Dawson's character crossing over to all of them, I believe. So continuity between those shows is pretty tight, but again, I don't think you have to have seen one necessarily in order to get the other, per se. It'll be interesting to see what the Luke Cage series is like, just because of how close to Jessica Jones Luke Cage is. I'm very interested to see how they handle that, when it's now his story that they're telling. Not too long ago, I saw what I think is a fan-produced movie poster for the Infinity War movie, so obviously it's not necessarily indicative of canon, but it had pretty much the names of all the actors from everything, movies and TV shows, and I think that would be really freaking awesome if they managed to pull something like that off. I don't know if they will, but I think it would be really cool. I think with that one, a fan made it, and Robert Downey Jr. saw it and shared it on his social media, and so people are thinking, is this actually what's happening? And the answer is, uh, who knows? See, the thing is, when you're trying to figure out if the canon matters, it could change at any time. What's come out already is pretty much set, but it doesn't necessarily mean that things aren't going to change. And in the case of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this is something whose crossovers and continuity is kind of modeled after the way comic books do it. So I think you're also going to want to keep in mind that in comic books, you can blow up the world on one page and bring it all back together on the next. You can throw the entire continuity out the window if you like. At the merest snap, of a cosmic-powered being's fingers. Especially when that being is wearing a glove with six infinity gems on it. <laughs> okay, I'm getting a bit loopy now. I'd better sign off. Does MCU canon matter? Yes and no. Just don't go crazy. It only really matters if you're having fun with it, I think.
I kind of think that about canon in general, really. I used to be a total continuity freak for every single bit of sci-fi and fantasy and whatnot that I was interested in. And I've come to realize I don't have to be that way necessarily anymore. Because fiction is malleable, it's what we make it. And I think consistency is important, but only if you're writing the thing. Otherwise, you know, consistency I think is only important if it makes it fun for you, and doesn't make it less fun for others. So, we have come to the end of the three main major parts of my extended continuity ramble, rant, whatever. I am thinking that I may try to go ahead and do a fourth part sometime soon where I hit all of the honorable mentions. There are a number of things that I can talk briefly about, hopefully briefly, and maybe it'll end up about the same length as this. Maybe it'll be longer, I hope not. Or maybe it'll be shorter, but we shall see. I've got a few thoughts about some other fictional worlds, some more popular than others, that I kind of want to toss around a little bit. So we'll see if I can get that together sometime soon. There are a lot of projects coming up, however, so we'll have to see how things go, as always. In the meantime, though, take care, and I'll see you all of a sudden.